Did you ever lose your keys? We all have. And it's no fun. As a matter of fact, we can't do anything till we find the keys, especially if we're out somewhere and it's the keys to our car that we lost or find ourselves locked out of the house. We always try to have a, a hidden key somewhere so that we can get in. Well, today we've got some stories of uh, holders of the keys. Uh, Eliakim in the first reading and then, and then St. Peter in the, in the gospel today. And, and he is going to open a key and open a door. And the door that he's going to open to is the mystery of, well, the mystery, the ultimate mystery of who God is. And that's, you know, Jesus is asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? And that's a, a pretty heady question. And of course, it is the power of the Spirit and the power of God that allows Peter to announce that he sees who this, this carpenter before him really is. This is the Messiah, this is the Son of God, this is the Christ. But who is the Father? Who is God? What is the nature of God and how do we unlock that nature? Uh, that really kind of is the, the question for us today. And, and if we're going to pay any attention to St. Paul at all, uh, we're not going to get an answer. Uh, St. Paul, you know, thought he had... God in a box, in God in his back pocket. As we talked about last Sunday, God, Paul was the perfect Orthodox Jew. He knew exactly what his role was supposed to be. His role was to protect the, the law and the prophets of, of Moses and, and all who have gone before him. And when he saw this rebel group who were completely outside of the law, he did everything he could to persecute them. So Paul knew exactly who this God was as revealed by the prophets and by Moses. And of course, as we said, he went after them, the outsiders, the outsiders, until he fell and discovered that they were much more inside than he was because, well, because someone revealed himself to him. It was nothing less than the, the one who says, I am the son of David, I am the son of God, Jesus. And everything changed. All of a sudden, Paul, who was quite convinced that he knew everything, didn't know anything, was blinded by the light. And when he came back to his senses, he realized that he had an apostolate not to the Jews, not to the chosen people, but to the Gentiles, to the outsiders. Uh, we review everything that we talked about last week because it's really important to, 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 to do that, that preview for what he's going to say today. Because what he's going to say today is utterly, absolutely profound. And here's what he says. It was beautifully read, and I want to, I want to read it again because I really think that, uh, that it speaks to something we have to deal with and wrestle with. And that is the nature of God. Who is this God? And here's Paul's answer. Oh, the, and, and let it sink in. And we've heard this scripture a thousand times. Let it just sink deeply inside of us. Oh, the depths of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How inscrutable are his judgments. How unsearchable are his ways. For who has known the mind of God? Or, or who has been God's counselor? Or who has given the Lord anything 
that may be repaid. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him belongs glory forever. Amen. What's he saying? If you think you know God, you don't. God is utterly other, totally other. Totalitus aliter, as we would hear in our, our philosophy classes when we were kids. Uh, if you think you know God, if you think you've got God in your pocket, you better think again. Lao Tse says the same thing of the Tao. He says the one who says they know the Tao doesn't know the Tao. It's exactly the same thing that St. Augustine said. Augustine said, Si comprehendis non est Deus. If you understand it, it ain't God. If you think you know it, it ain't. Socrates, at the very end of his life, they said, now what do you know for sure? You know, the, the wisest man in all of Greece, what do you know for sure? And Socrates says, here's what I know for sure. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. I don't know. It, it, and, and as we were taught when we were little kids, when, 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 when sister really couldn't quite answer, she would say, it's a mystery. <laughs> well, guess what? It is. She was right. It really is beyond our comprehension who this God is. Beyond concepts, beyond ideas. Uh, God, we, we, the problem we always get in is we, we, we make God a super being, but it's a being. God is not a being, no matter how super God may be. God is being. Paul Tillich says God is the ground of our being. And every time I think about the fact of the ground of my being, I go, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he's going to say, that's right. The very ground of who you are is divine. You're going to figure it out? No, you're not. No, you're not. Now, now, the only key that we have that will open us up into not the nature of God, we're not going to get it, you know. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas put it this way. God is not a being, deus est ens. Sorry about all the Latin today, but way too many years in college with that. Deus est ens. God is being. Well, then how do we know? And the answer is we don't know. And one of the greatest mystical treatises that was ever written was called The, the, the Cloud of Unknowing, that we enter, enter into this person, place where we do not know, and in the midst of not knowing, we are, well, we shut our mouth. And like Job, who was trying to figure out everything about God, at the end just shut his mouth. Where were you when I told the sea to stop right here? Shut up. Listen. Listen to whom? What, what, what hints can we get, at least get, about God? Well, listen to his son. Listen to his son. Because we are not going to figure it out by ourselves. As, as the scripture says, as high as the mountains are from the earth, so high are God's ways from ours. And we've all heard the story about the little boy who said to God, is it true that 
that, that, that for you a thousand years is like a minute? And God said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it true that a penny is like a million dollars? And God said, yeah, yeah. And the little kid said, uh, can I have a penny? God said, yeah, in, in a minute. <laughs> we don't get it. The closest we're going to get to the key is the one to whom God says, listen to him. You want to see God, you have to see God in the flesh, incarnate. That's in Jesus. And this Jesus is utterly, absolutely paradoxical. It's not what we think. Paul thought he had God in the pocket. He did not. And what is Jesus' message? Jesus' message is saying, if you want to find your life, you're going to have to lose your life. If you want to be first, you're going to have to be last. If you want to live, you're going to have to die. And that proof is in the pudding in how he lived. And what he's saying, as long as you dare to trust in the mercy of the one who has sent you, you're going to be okay. You're going to make it. But you've got to trust it. You've got to trust what we don't see and trust what we don't know. It really is a leap of faith. It really is a true leap of faith. Because the things that we may think that are just perfectly and right and setting us up for life aren't going to be that way. Or the things that we think are absolute disaster and life will never be good again aren't going to be that way. It's the story of the, of the farmer whose whole life depended upon this one little horse that he had for his livelihood. And one day the horse ran away and all the neighbors came and said, oh, how sad. This is the saddest day in the world. We feel so bad for you. It's just terrible. And the farmer said, well, maybe. Maybe not, because the next day, that same horse came back and there were eight beautiful stallions right behind him. And his neighbors came up and said, what incredible luck. Look what you've got. You are set for the rest of your life. You've got enough animals to do all the work that you want to do. You are so fortunate. This is marvelous. The farmer said, well, maybe, maybe not, because the next day, his young son, whom he relied upon to do the farming, was trying to break one of the stallions. And in the midst of that, the stallion threw him off the horse, and, and he broke his leg. And his, his neighbors came by and said, oh, how terrible. How are you going to be able to survive now without your son? He has a broken leg. It's just terrible. And he said, well, maybe, maybe not. Because the next day, the king's soldiers came to conscript all of the young men of that village for the war that was going on and they took every young man in the village except his son because they had a broken leg. How good? Maybe? Maybe not. We don't know. We don't know. How often can we honestly say that the things that seem so terrible to us turn out to be incredible blessings? And the things that we think we have in our pocket turn out to be just the opposite. It really is a mystery beyond our comprehension, but we, we do know it is always going to be paradoxical. And what we dare to believe, what we dare to believe, is that for those who love God, and that's why we're here today, for those who love God, Paul's it says in no uncertain terms, everything that happens 
everything that happens ultimately happens for the good. Now we have a really hard time facing that, especially in the face of the existential evils that we find ourselves facing oh, today in a very special way. And we know, and I've mentioned this before, there are two very existential evils, and they are evils, there's no other word for it, in our world today that we are the cause of because we dared to believe that we were in control. And of course, one is the possibility of nuclear annihilation, and we seem to be getting closer and closer to that all the time. The other is the man-made devastation of our mother, of our mother Earth. And we seem to be getting closer and closer to the destruction of that Earth, wondering whether Earth can keep us alive or not. This is such a crisis, I don't know if you heard yet or not, but, but our Holy Father Francis is in the process of writing another encyclical to Laudato Si because he really believes this really is something that, well, that we really have to bow to the mystery before and dare to believe what Jesus is calling us to do. And that's to transcend our dogmas and our doctrines and our nationalities and our ethnicities and our gender identities and all the things that we can continue to cling to to come to the realization that we really are utterly interconnected. Only when the whole world believes that we do not have to kill each other in order to be superior or that we do not have to grab all the goods of the world in order to feel good about ourselves. And when we really come to the deep, full realization that, that we need to work together across all the lines, across all the cultures, across all the religions, well then, maybe, maybe not.